Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Chatcast. It's your host Femi here. I've got um, a guest on the show this afternoon or today, uh, Tolu. Um, she, um, Tolu, can you just introduce yourself to 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 our to our audience? Yes. Please. Of course. Hi, Femi. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. Yeah, it is. Yeah, indeed. Uh, how are you enjoying the the lockdown? and everything pandemic i i well i'm not enjoying the pandemic but i'm loving the lockdown because it's just given me a lot of room to be i guess creative in my okay. field so yeah I, i'm loving the lockdown yeah. i don't know if i should say that on the podcast <laughs> because people can't wait to get no, it's, 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 it's your personal experience and i actually read something a couple of weeks ago that there's been more record requests for patents in this period of lockdown than, than any time. So I think a lot of people have been tuning in their creativity, creative mind. Yeah. yeah. Well, without so much ado, yeah. So Tolu, thanks once again for coming coming on the show. Um, yeah, so what I know what you do, but could you just give a brief introduction of, you know, yeah. Sure, sure. Um, so I'm Tolu Adelike Aire, but also known as Tolu the Midwife. And I'm actually a nurse and a midwife, but I feel like I'm more of a midwife than a nurse because I've practiced as a midwife for longer. So I run private childbirth preparation classes in Lagos for mums and dads. And it's just, um, it's actually not just, it's similar to antenatal classes, um, but we don't have anything like my antenatal classes in Nigeria. So I always have to chip that Okay. It is, <laughs> it's evidence-based antenatal classes in a non, non-judgmental environment. Um, just literally teaching women um, what to expect when they're pregnant, what to expect when they're in labor, and then talking about tips to um, um, get through, not even get through, just what to expect in the postpartum period when they've had a baby, how their body changes, breastfeeding, and so much mm-hmm. more. So I also have classes for dads, and the whole point of doing dad's antenatal classes in Nigeria is because men are seen like the ATM cards in Nigeria. So they never really try and get them involved. But then research, lots like so much, so much research tells us that um, if a man is really involved in the pregnancy, it has better um, maternal health outcomes and neonatal health outcomes. So it's a bit of a no-brainer. Why don't we have dads more involved right from the beginning? They are way more than the ATM mm. cards. So that's why I um, run dads' antenatal classes in Nigeria. Um, I also have, um, I, I run with women birthing services. So it's just support for pregnant women when they're in labor. Okay. Um, sometimes that can be right from the beginning because I, I have a lady on the books. I've been seeing her since she was five weeks okay. pregnant. Um, um, so it's supporting her weekly updates. She checks in with me. I check in with her. What's happening? How are you feeling? And so forth and things like that. Um, and that I also have a maternity hotline that people subscribe to and call and just ask questions like this is what's happening is it normal sends me they send me all sorts of pictures oh, me, they send me... <laughs> i don't mind though because i'd rather see the pictures and be told and, and i tell them oh it's nothing or no actually it's something good to the hospital yeah. so yes that's well what they do you're, you're doing a lot i'm trying to kind of like contain Honestly. contain yeah <laughs> some some of the thoughts to 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 kind of like enlighten me myself because you started by saying you're a midwife and a nurse what's the difference between a midwife and a nurse please well i think the major difference is we as a midwife we tend to look after um healthy women 
so we only obviously only look after women and we look after healthy women and i say that because when nurses look after sick patients so someone has cancer or someone has um, hypertension or has a stroke and goes to the hospital and they're admitted and they're looked after by a nurse Um, whereas pregnant women if they were never pregnant they'll never come into most of them would never come into a hospital they'll never come into contact with us so there's a stark difference and in maternal health as a as a midwife we deal with only maternal health we're looking after pregnant women all the way through her pregnancy until her baby is six weeks old and then that's it she moves on to the next stage in the uk it will be a health visitor so i think that's the ma- the ma- those are the major uh, differences between nursing and midwifery. Okay, well, that's that's quite that's quite enlightening because I've I always I always kind of like in teaching oh, who's a midwife they, that's a nurse they're all nurses but it's, it's good so we are not yeah so were, were you were you a nurse before a midwife or a midwife before a nurse it was was it something I'm... you were into nursing and you found it boring or you just got into no. Well, the truth is, I wanted to be a gynecologist, okay. and I got really bad GCSE grades. And at that point, I just thought, I'm, I'm not doing this again. And my mum's actually a nurse, okay. and my mum was studying, I think, at the time. Well, anyway, so so my mum's a nurse and was wanting to be a midwife as well. So she pushed me down the road of, okay, go and do midwifery. But then I said, okay, so I wrote, enrolled for midwifery, and she said, but I think you should do nursing first. I was like, okay. So that's how I ended up doing nursing first. And I, I enjoy it, but not like midwifery. Oh, okay. I literally finished my nursing and six months later, I started my BSc in midwifery. Okay. So I was a nurse first and then a midwife. That's the short okay. version. Okay, so, so so you 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 practice in Nigeria, but you used to practice nursing in, in the UK, from where I gathered. And what, what, yeah. what kind of led to you packing your bags and relocating to nigeria or do you still shuttle both or how do you combine your business and you know your business is your professional career at the moment your business is very mm-hmm. much part of what you do from what i can gather here but so yeah. how how did you come about that um, that process was it something very easy for you to do or was it did it take you a lot of time I think it was an easy decision, but it took me ages to finally make the transition. So because I I lived in the UK for like, I don't know, maybe 28 years or something before I started thinking about relocating. So my whole life, all I know is the UK. Hmm. And then I think I used to go to Nigeria quite often. And I think I once came across a statistic about someone dying, like a maternal death. And I just thought that makes no sense. Because when I was practicing as a midwife in the UK, if someone dies in a London hospital, my colleagues in Manchester, in mm-hmm. Lancaster, will hear about it. So that's how uncommon. Why? Why would they hear about it? They're not their because patients. Mater- yeah, but maternal deaths—they won't know that all the details. But maternal deaths were so. I'm not. It's not a common oh, thing in it's the a UK. Oh, very, very rare occurrence. Oh, yes, right. and it's a big deal because we do everything mm. to save a mother's life. So when a mother dies. It's just like what went wrong you know they'll have mm. lots of different inquiries root cause analysis yeah, like what yeah. went wrong how did we how could we not save this woman mm. so that is what i mean that you know we'll hear about it up north and that this lady died as a learning um i guess as a learning point and mm. what we could do differently because it shapes our practice as well yeah um but whereas so i think i saw a statistic once that in nigeria a, a woman dies from a pregnancy pregnancy related complication every 10 minutes one woman dies wow. every 10 minutes that's six women in an hour. Six we tally up, it's wow. over. 
58,000 women die every single year from childbirth. Wow. Can you imagine that? That's Going sick. from like, yes, exactly. Going from like one or two deaths in the UK to 58,000 every single year. Hold on, what are we doing? What's going mm. on? So then I thought, oh, I've been a midwife in the UK for about 10, I think nine, 10 years at that point. So I can, I can go to Nigeria. We're lacking the education. I'll go, I'll go to Nigeria and do health education. And literally mm. that's, what, that's what I did. So you saw a massive gap. You saw, well, obviously you saw an opportunity, you saw a gap and you want to, you wanted to fix a problem. So Absolutely. yeah, the transition to Nigeria must have been challenging. In terms of regulation, what did you have to do? Is the nursing time certificate in the UK, is it valid in Nigeria? Did you have to do any retraining to transition into their system? How is their community setting like compared? Uh-oh. Obviously, I won't compare it to the UK, but do you, what, 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 what were the things that you found that was very well behind in comparison to, 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 the, to the huge number of, uh, of, of debt? Well, that's a mod that's a layered question for me Mm. um so i'm still not licensed to i'm not clinical in nigeria i I literally just do health education and support because i've been trying to get my license for about july will be four years and i won't even go into that because i refuse i refuse to deal with it at the moment okay But I still, there's a massive gap in health education because people, mothers die and babies die because they lack the information. Yeah. But we have nurses and midwives. So why, what's, what's the missing link? Mm. And there's so many missing links. And one of the biggest things I found is in the UK, women carry their antenatal notes about. In the antenatal notes, we document like deviations. When this happens, call this number. If this happens, it's not normal. If this is happening, it's normal. Your baby should move like this. In Nigeria, I don't know if it's women are not being told or they're not understanding, but they just don't know these things. Mm. And then also women in Nigeria do not carry their handheld notes. Now, this is something I've been fighting for since like 2018. They don't carry their handheld notes, even though the World Health Organization says every woman above 28 weeks of pregnancy gestation should carry her handheld notes. Mm. So why is she? St- why are we still not carrying handheld notes in Nigeria? So that's just one of the gaps. Mm. Uh, there is. I could go on for days. We can. We can't compare their standards. We can't compare. Um, we, this, I could go on for days. For yeah, I know. I know. Definitely. If you, <laughs> you, you, this, yeah. this is something you're very close to. So. Yeah. Um, okay. Wow. That's that. That's very interesting. So obviously, the training, the enlightenment, the education is so is so important. So. So your midwife, your 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 kind of focus is more around educating people because you're just walking around what you can do at the moment. So, Absolutely. for example, if, if one one of your clients that you mentioned that you've been looking after for mm-hmm. well, not looking after that you've been consulting with for, mm-hmm. for since five weeks, is it? Or, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, that how how do they engage yourself? Do they? Do you go alongside their community engagement? Because I'm sure they will have like hospital appointments or is your consultancy enough to cover that side until they go into labor? How do you, how do you know? Yeah. So it's, so in the UK, we used to work as a multidisciplinary team. So you work with different sectors in health. You, um, most women are midwife led care. And then Mm -hmm. you have, um, you refer them to a consultant obstetrician or an obstetrician 
um, a dietitian, mental health specialist, and so forth. So my sec, my space in the women's care now is purely health advocacy and guided, like health advocacy, health education, and guiding and support. Mm. So, um, for example, she might go to the hospital and they just say, take this blood, do these bloods. Your blood pressure is this, but your blood pressure is fine. They don't really give, not all, but most. They don't give enough detail where women feel they have all the information so for a few women i go to the hospital with them but that's like a a luxury package um other women we discuss she's going to the hospital i say okay you need to ask these questions what's going to happen next and then once you've finished seeing the consultant they need to give you a plan so when you know the plan then let's come back and we'll discuss it we'll digest it so in a sense i work alongside the woman in advocacy but i don't actually ever i rarely interfere with what happens in the medical with her and her doctor mm. so she goes to the hospital sees the doctor comes back and gives me feedback and then we discuss it and we make our own plan that's how it works for the birthing services um yeah there's a few women that want me to be with them when they're in hospital but so when they're in hospital i'm not a midwife i'm their professional birthing um partner uh, no, okay, yes so okay. that's how that's how it works. That that, that must cost come, come at a at a huge cost. <laughs> so 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 looking at the, the economic landscape of Nigeria, yeah. um, you won't have that kind of like um, federated care setting for for pregnant women because obviously the economic um, position, the the awareness, as you said, people just. And and obviously people people don't really take this thing as seriously mm-hmm. as, as as it should be. Like, you know, from 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 what I've gathered from our conversation so far. So what's your kind of like? Is it any? Is it are you affordable? <laughs> oh, that's a layered question. That's another layered question for me. You know? No, because because I'm looking at how important your your service is and how how available it is in the uk but compared to nigeria it's a very specialized service it's not readily available to to anyone so it must be it must be very challenging for for people and to have that kind of gap so there's not a lot of toluda midwives in in nigeria mm. currently so the kind of services you provide must be must be very very high-end for the high-end people who are mine <laughs> Yes, I know. You see, that's uh, that was my biggest. Um, sorry, me. That was my biggest, I guess, maybe challenge battle when I okay. first went there because I would want to look after. If I could look after everybody and get across all the states in Nigeria, I actually would. Yeah. But then, at the end of the day, and I think I'll be really honest, when I ran out of savings, I thought it's actually a business, and it, as a business, it just has to make sense, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. what I tried to do is give out as much information as possible on social media pages because people have access, people will still buy data and they have access to that information. So they'll understand what labor is and what different pain relief types are. Mm. Um, but then in terms of coming to my classes, because um, I run antenatal classes, I feel people don't want, they don't see the value and why should I pay money to come to the class? Mm. Equally goes with, people don't see the value in them having health insurance because in nigeria we have health insurance they don't see the value in them having health insurance yeah they don't see the value in them paying for anything healthcare and they'll wait till they fall sick in quote Mm. and Mm. then they'll start um you know asking family and what have you for funds 
to to look after their illness so they don't actually understand or appreciate i can't say it's not everybody because people are buying into it now but the majority of people who need my services don't feel they should pay for my services but if it were free they would take it on so what i've tried to do is uh, what i've been doing was is um i'm trying to partner with big organizations um corporations who um have um people from all different levels all different status levels working for them so i don't even know if that's the correct term like you know you can have like so basically what i do is i offer an organization my antenatal classes and the organization will pay for it and they will send 20 of their employees per time um to come in for the classes because if you think about in in an organization they'll have people who are cleaners um Mm, junior mm. staff interns so you literally have an antenatal class filled with different so that's like a bulk subscription for, yes. for, for yes. a range of people across different professional settings but on that Absolutely. app and corporate Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. so that's one way I found that it works and um, and then just through my social media handles so you know there's lots of information there um, yeah that's yeah, yeah otherwise that's, yeah that, that, that's very interesting so uh, I'll come to another interesting side uh, I don't even think one episode would be enough to cover a lot Uh because this is a very vast um um, topic uh subject matter actually um the dad side of things is what Mm -hmm. i want to to come to so you you provide support not just for the women but also for the men so what what what's the what what dad's doing in this in this whole process well what i'm trying to do is trying to get dads to understand that they need to be doing everything the woman's doing so they okay. need to go with her to anti except carrying the baby and carrying the, oh except carrying the pregnancy yes yeah, yeah the pregnancy exactly. sorry yes yeah <laughs> okay exactly they need so, to be doing everything so how is how is the how is the dad side of 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 the of, of the process of do you have subscription that is that is that kind of like is filled your diary with, with no. the dad side of things or the education is still required to give them that level of awareness that they need to be involved yes so with the dad side it's a lot more challenging it's been, it's been a bit more challenging than with getting women to attend antenatal classes because i'm dealing with niger men with hmm. niger men mentality what do you mean by niger <laughs> men ment- i don't i don't have a clue <laughs> what oh, is niger men mentality in, in in this in this um, instance it is that men don't believe they are they should not all of not all nigerian men because i think the younger nigerian men understand that they need to be quite involved but a majority of nigerian men believe that they've got her pregnant they will go out and work and they'll provide the finances for her to have her antenatal appointment to her to have the baby buy baby things so they don't really understand the importance of being present and being with their wives so that's why i mean like the typical niger man um, mm-hmm. um you know mindset um, so with the dad's antenatal classes, it's been a bit slower to take off because of this reason, because men just, if women don't want to pay for my classes privately, some women, not all, um, men are just, what am I going to learn? You show me how to pick a baby. It's not my job. When my wife delivers, somebody mm. can come and help me look after. Like, you know, that's yeah, the- my mother will come or my exactly. auntie or somebody, or we have a housemaid or house exactly. help and things like that. Mm. Exactly. So um, I found that's been the... Um, it's just been harder to get men on board but I feel with anything new if you're introducing anything new into a society you just have to 
um, stick at it and eventually I think people will understand and see the value in being present um, mm. for their wives and partners when they're pregnant and having a baby. Oh, that's, 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 that's very interesting. So this, this Niger men mentality, are you, are you targeting people across the board? Obviously, is it, is it social, there's a particular social class that will be more aware of, 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 of what the role a man should play in the process of pregnancy and gestation mm. and delivery, right, you know, right across. But what's, no. um, no. I'm not targeting a specific um, status or a specific set. Like, you know, no, I'm targeting all Nigerian men because rich people are having babies. People who are from like low resource settings are having babies too. So, and they all need to be educated. I Mm. understand that, um, like, in the rural areas, they will not pay. Or, Mm. so that would be, that is my like uh, pro bono or my charity work or, you know, my my way of giving back. So, I do go in. I had one in, um, I had a dad's antenatal class in, I think it was April. No, it Mm -hmm. wouldn't have been. So, it must have been in March, I think, March in. dustbin estate so it's like in the slums uh, like a low recess low resource setting area um, okay. part of lagos right and the turnout was amazing we had like maybe 30 something dads who were wow. really involved wow. um, and they didn't understand they they they've never had it before so they actually didn't understand the need for them to be present and by the end of the class they were all so happy that they had been like they'd participated so no, I don't. I'm not trying to trying to educate just affluent working class people. I'm trying to educate the whole, like yeah. everyone in Nigeria. And 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 yeah, and that sounds like a humongous task. So from what I've gathered, you're creating an advocacy as well, trying to raise awareness. You need that corporate sponsorship, that support in terms of how. What what what's what are the steps in terms of. Towards that, is there like um, do you do charity events to raise awareness of what you're doing, or is it as you go along that you increase your you know your network base, and then someone will tell somebody that you're doing a great job, or yeah, how do you go about that? That's exactly the second the second um, your second suggestion. So basically, when I got to Nigeria, like you know, midwives are not really you're just a midwife and they don't really understand it so i felt that i was knocking on a lot of doors that just never opened and Mm. i just thought sometimes you have to just get doing something so i just started running classes and funding it myself um and then because then you have people will see what you're doing people will have testimonies so people can give feedback of what you've been doing so it's you have to create an aware or create an awareness or create a demand I don't know what's the right term but you have to tell people that you actually need antenatal classes yeah. so in me doing that and just kept I, that's literally what i did just kept pushing on my own yeah. so i had i documented a lot of my um classes experiences things i'm doing um and then once i've got experience of what i've done once i had a bit a fair bit of experience then i approached one of our high street banks mm. can i mention them Oh, feel free if, if, okay. if you're comfortable. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I met. I I um I literally approached um Sterling Bank, um the MD of Sterling Bank, who is like a phenomenal. I've never actually met him. I've mm. never seen him in person. I've never had a phone conversation. 
mm-hmm. um, and there was no links because you know Nigeria, everyone thinks it's a connector, there's no connector. Yeah, and of course. I sent him a message about my plans, and he said, "I think this is a great idea." Wow. And because he's so liberal and he understands the country we're living in, he mm-hmm. just said, "Yes, I'll put you onto this person." He put me onto the HR department, and before you knew it, we rolled out the first set of classes wow. because he understood the concept. So this year, we were supposed to go on a tour across Nigeria because initially it was just in Lagos. We went to go on a tour across Nigeria. Mm. And COVID happened. And I, then I approached them again and I said, listen, I know we can't go on the tour because of COVID, but women need me now more. more women need the advice, not me. Need the advice more than ever. Yeah, so yeah. can we, and a lot of us in Lagos were literally just sitting indoors, Femi. So I said, can yeah. we... Um, do these classes online and then we'll start yeah. every class with um, an aerobics um uh, uh workout yeah. yeah and they said it's a fantastic idea so then we we sorry we so um we took the classes online um and rather than going to yeah so be- rather than, before we were going to go to four states, so rather than going to four states, we had women from like, I think eight states in Nigeria join the antenatal class. It was amazing. Wow. It was like, honestly. So it was even better than just wow. doing touring four states and leaving out people in other states. So yeah, um, that's how. Wow. I was actually, it was actually good you mentioned the, the, the idea you gave to them because I was going to say, how has the COVID thing impacted your your work? Are you still in Nigeria? Did you have to come back home to the UK, or is you know how have you kind of like managed to continue to support yeah. your clients in spite of this um, COVID? Obviously, everybody has gone to find a way of of, of doing things remotely, like we are having mm-hmm. this podcast remotely. So, how, how have you been able to to? mitigate that you've explained one instance there about your one-to-one clients has it continued in that way because obviously the gestation period doesn't stop due to covid everything continues um it hasn't really affected me i think if anything i'm busier than i than before covid because um i just guess Mm. because pregnant women are quite anxious um and then with covid and no one's really telling us does it you know can the woman um if a woman gets it will she pass it to her baby it's just so many unanswered questions and women were just mm. literally full of anxiety and, and worries so it, yeah so enlighten us if can 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 they actually well pass it the on last time i baby? checked there were two, two or three cases in the uk that um they are suspecting those vertical transmission that the mothers could have given it to the babies in utero so all along they just kept saying no that you can't mm. a mother can't pass it to her child remember it's we are finding out information in real time so it's not like anyone's like a body of work and has like sure. yeah so it's you, as you information, are right. as yeah. um ca- as cases arise then they let us know that okay so you can actually yeah. pass it we think you can pass it on to your newborn baby if a brand newborn baby tested for it so we actually don't know but i'm more inclined to say yes because of the two or three cases they saw in the uk um you mentioned family yeah. you said did i have to yeah. come back home london is not home i'm nigerian yeah <laughs> oh are you <laughs> yeah, it's true your I'm, name is tolu that's true so you've yes. actually left oh, okay so 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 we're, we're, well, no, we're in, in nigeria no i'm in london because oh, i came that's, back that's... to 
No, I came to on holiday. my in the NHS. So I'm back on the COVID register to support my... Yeah, so I, I came back to oh, support. Okay. I'm just here, like, oh, I think I have like, a three-month contract. And I, you know, I'm, going back, I'm going back home. Nigeria's home. Okay. Yeah. So it's very busy in, um, in in London at the moment due to the COVID, the, the maternity ward. Are you supporting them at the maternity ward? Maternity, nurse, or the, the midwife. Yeah, uh, as a yes. yeah. midwife, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So I will I, I will go back to to, okay. to a more universal problem. Um, I've heard a lot about things like pregnancy, one in four pregnancy make mm-hmm. it to to birth to, mm-hmm. to, to to delivery. Um, is is that universal? Is that across the board? Would Nigeria, wherever, generally pregnancies don't? What, what what's the reason for that? that you have situations where pregnancy, especially at the early stages, is very vulnerable. Um, I, why, why I feel it's if you have a um, early miscarriage, so that's in the first trimester up to twelve weeks. It's oh yeah, that's the word. First time. First of all, can you just take one step back? Correct. If um, just just confirm if I'm right or wrong. Is it true that one in four pregnancies, according I think according to the um, Royal College of Nursing or something yeah. like that in their, on their website stated that one in four pregnancies I don't know if I'm if I'm right I could, I could completely be wrong but and if it is the case why why, why is that well, what should the mother be doing at that early stage to ensure that um, what they are carrying is, is protected or they see through those, those vulnerable states it's a great question I feel if a woman has a miscarriage or research tells us if a woman has a miscarriage um, in the first trimester, chances are it's because um, of a chromosomal issue. I can never say that word. So, chrom- yeah, that? so basically, we're making chromosomes, yes. So like chromosomes. Um, um, maybe a defect or a way in which the chromosomes um, that's making up this baby has not actually formed. So, there's some kind of de- defect. I don't know if that's the right word. So the body just, okay. uh, what's the word? The body corrects itself. Yeah, the body Kick corrects the itself out. and um, miscarries. Oh. So that's one of the most common reasons. But then there are other reasons. Oh. So you're right, sorry, I didn't actually answer the question. So you're right that one in four women um, um, will experience a miscarriage. Um, but there are other reasons. So for example, mm. lifestyle factors. Um, um, being really healthy before mm. you actually get pregnant is so crucial, and we, I don't think we talk about it enough. Being having healthy BMI is important; mm. is, is crucial to you actually holding the baby, um, growing your baby. It reduces your risk of you developing other things later on in the pregnancy, like diabetes, hypertension. Um, <laughs> Sorry. So it reduces Sorry, the risk of you having um, complications later on in the pregnancy. And then there are other things like um, genetic conditions that a lot of people don't actually know until they get pregnant and have rec- or have recurrent miscarriages. Um, so that is also another reason mm. for um, um, so genetics, mm. lifestyle, habits. Even before we get to even miscarriages, getting pregnant in itself, because we see people pregnant all the time, we just think, yeah, it just happens. Mm. For some people, getting pregnant can be so hard yeah. because they may be unhealthy, genetics, wow. um, lifestyle habits. Um, yeah, mm. so there's, it's, it's, there's so many reasons. Yeah. And, and 
quite interesting. As I said, it's a very complex topic. For example, we have just over 30 minutes now. And normally I would like podcasts to be very, very short and sweet, but it's very, we, 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 we can, we okay. can keep, go on for a few more minutes. But like, like mm. the point you made, getting mm-hmm. pregnant, you are in Nigeria. You're, ni- you're mm-hmm. Nigerian now. Nigeria is home for you. All the British, mm-hmm. whatever, is gone. In the setting where you are, people that are kind of like have challenges getting pregnant, mm-hmm. Nigerian culture. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm right mm-hmm. when I watch Nollywood movies. Yes. They will look at the woman every time and say, yes. you're not giving our son a, a baby. Is it, is it, no. are they right? Or no, I'm, I'm, I'm asking a very stupid question, but I, I don't know. It could be, you know, it could be the case. So is it, what's, what's, what, how do you kind of like engage people or increase that awareness in that area that people who, are ex- who want to have children are, and are having challenges in having children is not yeah. the woman's fault 10 out of 10 times it could be the man so do do, do people like do like um testing and yeah. things like that checking their health you know their lifestyle yes. and everything it could be a, a number of factors so how do you kind of like increase the level of your awareness mm-hmm. to that area to help a lot of women because they end mm-hmm. up they end up being kicked mm-hmm. out of their matrimonial mm-hmm. home in in some cases because from 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 what I watch in movies it is sure it's and it's, that's such a great question life. because um, we know that infertility is caused by thirty three percent is it thirty three one third is bef- because of the woman one third is because of the man and one third is unknown thirty three point three something. So well, known could yes, be your so village people. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, yes. I'm just using the Nigerian setting um, now. Yeah. But oh, I find, wow. especially okay. in Nigeria, they tend to blame women for infertility. So the woman does all these tests. Yeah. She's constantly doing one thing or another. Sometimes they sleep in church and pray and fast. And I'm a Christian, so I'm a proper Jesus baby. But I feel there's a place for religion and there's a place okay. for medicine, but I'm not, let's not, I, I won't go into that just now. Um, so women do all these things because they're trying mm-hmm. for a baby and the husband hasn't done or the partner mm. hasn't done anything. Femi, I know a case, it's not even the, like yeah. through the grave, I yeah. know a case of seven years of infertility and she's done all the tests. Like sometimes when she's doing tests mm-hmm. as well, it's, it can be life or death or, you know, when you're having IVF and it has complications and things like that. But the guy hasn't done mm, one single mm, test mm. because he doesn't feel he has a problem, which goes back to no. like Niger. No, it doesn't feel. Well, how does he yeah. not feel? Is that not a feeling? Mindset <laughs> that why would I, me as a man, oh. a grown functioning man, go to mm. a doctor to say, listen, it's, there's a lot of, it's such a layered and sensitive topic, but it's one that we need to keep having because men mm. need to get checked and tested and all that stuff. It's not only the woman. Hmm. So is, is is that something you will add to your module? Like the the the, the main no. side of things should also no. you know they take take their. <laughs> is there no, anything like IVF for men? They take sperm and they take her a woman. They put it yeah, and they put it. Okay, on do they? Okay. They it. Yes. So it's a coordinated it's thing. It's just but it's not just the, the man to okay. go go okay. to the clinic, run the test then give us his sample then they um do the procedure so you still need him on board you need him to understand what's going on and to consent yeah okay. um 
So do they have like um, this world-class um, IVF clinics in, in Nigeria that's springing up there? Because Nigeria wouldn't really have any issue. Com- it's a very massive population there. So they would tell you, oh, children or mm. fertility is not really a problem there. Is, 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 that, the, is that the perception? No, I'm just asking. Um, just we have name. clinics. We have I heard we have great clinics. I've never visited any of them, so I actually don't know in terms of like how good the standards, mm. what you know. But we have clinics, and people do have IVF. Um, there are lots of people in Nigeria that have um, infertility issues, and equally, there are lots of people who can't afford these mm. cl- the private clinics, and even some people who can't afford the um, mm. state-owned hospitals, um, state-owned um, to have a doctor that mm. works for one of the state-owned hospitals as opposed to a total private. They can't afford it. So that's why they mm. turn to all these local people who constantly give them herbs and things like that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I'm going to... Sorry, go on. Sorry. I was oh, going to say, so infertility is quite high say... in Nigeria. I just, just don't feel we talk about it enough and people hide and people do mm. all sorts and they just all of a sudden spring up with a baby. So, yeah, it's high. We don't talk about it enough. Okay. Okay. I'm just okay, conscious sure, of it. just two two more questions. The the penultimate one is you your care, your business is babies, delivering babies. If I flip the coin and say Nigeria mm-hmm. has an exploding population, do you do any awareness Absolutely. around family Absolutely. as well? Um okay. That yeah, comes in even through my antenatal classes, that comes up at the third session when we talk about postnatal period because um, okay. it's important even if we didn't have an exploding population for a woman's health you should spay, you shouldn't have babies so close together mm. for um... so what, what was the right amount of what's the right to period have a baby? To, to the gap oh I couldn't between say. one baby and the next opinion, yeah. Person... yes really okay clinically no. what is there is there a standard um, time frame that you have clinicians that say oh don't try for baby for x number of no. months or weeks and then, or you know the crazy about. thing is even with a cesarean no. section okay. there's no actual um set of set yeah. time like that you have to wait before you have another baby none of the none of the um like the rcog so the guidelines in the uk don't give you a time nigerians forget the guidelines Mm-hmm. Um, the American, I can't remember what their guidelines are. They, they, no one says you have to wait for six months or a year before you try having the baby again. And you know, with a cesarean section, they've gone in, they've opened her uterus, okay. opened her stomach, opened her uterus. So we should have a time, mm. like a time. Yes. But no way, there's no heal, actual yeah. guideline that guides yeah. us to say, wait six months, 12 months, 18 months. So I couldn't actually give you, uh, I could give you what okay. I think, but it's not okay. gospel. That's fine. <laughs> All right. I think women who've had a cesarean well, section should wait at least 18 months before trying to conceive. So don't have a cesarean section and then months, okay. um, nine months later you're trying to conceive. I think just give yourself enough time for your body to heal, that you're in the best place to look after you, your unborn baby yeah. and your baby, the, your toddler. Um, but it's just an opinion. It's not evidence-based. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Alright, And lastly, reading through your profile, you've delivered over 1,000 Yeah, I think it's delivered and cared babies. for. Wow. Do, do you have like a like no. a flag or something? Like your 1,000 no, no, baby no, they no. gave you like... 
Ah, do you keep the record? And how many? Which one, no boy or girl? Idea. Which? How many twins do you I have record? Oh, whoa! So you guys just deliver babies and just go in like it's, it's just normal. Like, it's like your job. Your <laughs> job. It's like the job. I go in and I okay, I'm going to deliver this baby. Today. Oh. I'm no, it is because so you're, not you know that you moment guys. when oh. you catch the baby from the woman's vagina, you give her the baby. It's such a magical, like it's yes. it's it's an amazing moment. But I just I won't remember the baby's name. Oh, I won't remember if it's a boy or a girl. Um, some stories stand out more, like you know, if a woman's had 19 cycles of IVF and then she gets pregnant and it's and it's uh, spontaneous. Yes, wow. and it's a spontaneous pregnancy. 19. It's like, huh? Wow. So you don't even need to go through it. So those kind of stories will stand out, but I mean, all babies are fresh. Yeah. So what's the longest labor um, session? About that 24. About 24. Yeah, because I worked, I wow. looked after her the whole night, left her, came back the following night, or, you know, I went home in the morning, came back in the evening, and she was still laboring, and then she delivered. So maybe 25, 26 hours. Yeah, labors don't actually go on for longer wow. than that. People just Amazing. think they do, but they Amazing. don't. amazing thank you very much it's been really i can't even take enough you know there's so much ground to cover but we're obviously limited by time and so we just have to end the session thank you so much much for coming on and i wish you all the best in what you do in nigeria 